Welcome to the fourth summer replay of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. And one of the things I'm really enjoying uh, from going back and, and doing these is kind of this rediscovery of some of some episodes that I found like just incredible, like these incredible stories uh, from some amazing people. And this week's episode totally encapsulates that. Um, we are sitting down. We're going to talk with Natalie Larson. Uh, this is a replay from an episode four years ago. That's all SoundCloud says, so I don't know the exact date. Uh, but this is from number 66. It was four years ago. Natalie had just finished uh, setting the FKT for the California Coastal Trail and uh, took her 44 days, 18 hours, 40 minutes, 1,171 miles. Um, and in the little description that I wrote at the time, uh, I wrote, Natalie's journey really encapsulates all I respect and love about adventure. And when I think back to this episode and think back to some of the stories she shared, that's exactly how I feel. That is exactly how I feel about this. Um, just uh, one more bit before we get into the episode. Uh, I'm going to read a little a little bit of her blog that she wrote about the experience because when I read stuff like this, for me personally, like this is what ignites my soul and like really makes me excited to go out and experience the world in my own ways. Um, it says... I found my way out of a sandstorm on 50 foot high dunes, scared away a mountain lion by screaming at the top of my lungs, climbed over slippery rocks, raced along the beach to beat the incoming tide, escaped the grasp of a farm worker who grabbed my arm, swam across a river carrying my adventure on my head twice, or carrying my gear on my head twice, followed footprints when I couldn't see through the beach mist at night, tripped, fell, passed out from pain along the highway, dealt with poison oak, blisters, glasses scratched by sandy high winds, slept under trees beside the roads on the beach and in campgrounds. Um, man, like if, if you have like a similar personality to me and you just dream of just being out there in the world, um, and you read something like that, that's gonna, that's just gonna get you pumped. Uh, and this episode will, I remember recording it being like this, that was an incredible story uh, from an awesome person and a person who uh, grew up in my hometown, went to my high school. Like it's something when you when you see someone or hear about someone who grew up where you grew up and had similar experiences as a kid uh, in a similar area, and then you see the incredible stuff they're doing. Like that is really inspiring. Like I would seek out those people from your hometown uh and and just learn their stories because you see someone literally go from your situation your background and you see them accomplish great things and that can be like a really powerful tool in your own life um but all that being said summer replays number four with the incredible ultra runner natalie larson all about her grand adventure on the California Coastal Trail. Let's get into it. And Natalie just finished a 44-day, 
18 hour and if i'm wrong tell me natalie uh 40 minutes uh quest to complete the california california coastal trail um in the with the fastest known time and that's like a thousand one hundred and seventy one miles so congrats it's awesome <laughs> it's so cool i was like totally every day i'd wake up and then you'd have a bunch of pictures on instagram of just like the beautiful beach or the city and the coast and i was like wow this is like a diverse trail she's on ah thanks thanks for following the journey yeah it was super cool and it kind of makes was... it makes you not like me not be a lazy bum because i'm like ah crap she's back out there i gotta get my <laughs> six mile workout in <laughs> aw thanks yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it, i i was surprised how many people told me that it was inspiring because i set out and i kind of felt like it was just a selfish thing that i was doing um or going for the fkt and then a lot of people were like i want to go do that thing that I've been meaning to do, like take yeah. that to Thailand or go do another trail or so. Yeah. Can I, is it, okay. So you wrote this really cool race report, which I will definitely link on the Facebook group and, yeah. and to the show notes here. But um, is it embarrassing to for authors if I read like a sentence from it? I don't that, mind. Okay. That's not an embarrassing <laughs> thing. Okay. Um, you said this and I thought this was a cool way to start. Um, you said a couple I encountered said a prayer to Dr. God for me, praying that I would inspire others to take a leap of faith the way I did. So let's do it. Let's inspire others. That's super cool. Aw, thanks. Yeah, that's true. I guess your podcast is reaching way more people than I met on my trip. But so, yeah. Um, what like what inspired the journey? Like, why did you want to take this on? I guess um, it started like I started thinking about it maybe a year, year and a half ago, um, when I got injured, because I was just running ultras, and I had been getting better and better, and was just going on that path until a massage therapist injured me, and I had to recover from that, and um, I did a lot of walking, and um, I had been reading, some of the ultra runners that I admire were doing these FKTs, and so I was like, what's something that would be easy for me to do. And nobody had actually recorded an FKT for the California Coastal Trail. And it was warm. I don't like cold weather. So that was another good thing. (laughs) That helps. That's like, I mean, if you were a person who liked cold weather and you were forcing yourself for 44 days on a warm weather course, like that would suck. So, And it was... It was also it's also a good trail for beginners because I had done a little bit of backpacking like ten days was the most I had ever done and um this uh yeah this one there's like food and water uh are pretty plentiful on the trail and I think the longest I went between towns was like sixty miles so uh if you're just starting out it's pretty nice that way yeah how much of it is wilderness and how much of it is city because i mean you're right on the coast i guess i would say mostly city there the lost coast trail um in northern california was probably the most desolate area but uh yeah probably like 70 percent city and then 
30% were like isolated, but it's hard to say. And then um, a lot of it is trail, but then some of it is highway one. And then um, you can also take, there's like the regular trail and then an alternate route. And a lot of times the regular route, you're supposed to hire a boat to take you across a body of water. And that was complicated. So I would take the alternate route usually if there is a boat and then I could just run it. Can we start with day one? Cause I know you just said you took a boat, but then I know what you did on day one. (laughs) Okay. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. So day one, um, I started at the border. I, yeah, it was all, I didn't plan this very well or I didn't plan it really at all. Cause I, I had the idea that I wanted to do it and then had kind of been dragging my feet and it seemed like, a big thing to just go embark on this. And then, um, I got a call about, uh, my job. I've been waiting for this security clearance and I've had a little bit of time off while I'm waiting for it. And they said I had to be back in like late September or mid October for this interview. And so I was like, the only planning calculation I did was that if I didn't leave my door like that day or the next day, I wasn't going to have time to finish the trail. So I just grabbed all my stuff, a few things, put it in my Nathan hydration pack and like got an Uber to the border. And, um, did anyone know you were doing this? Like at the time, anyone else? Yeah. I mean, like, um, did your parents, did you tell them like, Hey, I'm going to do this crazy thing. Super quick. Yeah, I guess I, I did tell my parents and I told like a couple of close friends um, had a, I gave him a link to my spot device to, to oh, watch because yeah. it's like real time GPS updates. And then that way I figured if they see that I'm like stuck somewhere that, or the spot device is floating in the ocean that they'll like find and come rescue me. But, and then the other thing I did was, um, to get the FKT, uh, you have to announce on like this oh, website. Yeah. So that, and then you're supposed to post like updates on some site so that in public so that people can see it. So I announced there and told um, Peter Backwin is like the in charge of that site. And I gave him a link to my spot device, but I didn't want to make it public so that I wouldn't have like stalkers finding me. Actually, I didn't even think about that, but that probably is a concern, right? Like weirdos who are like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's a little bit freaky now that you say that. Yeah, so that's why for Spot, I would like check in and post the check-ins on Facebook or they would automatically go to Facebook. But then uh, the real-time stuff, only Peter, my parents, and then a couple close friends had it. And uh, yeah, but I sorry, I like got off topic <laughs> from day one because that, that was related to the boats. But um so day one, uh, I went. I got the Uber to the border. Well, actually, so um, the original day one, I did like twenty miles, and then. Um, oh yeah, I love this because this is actually <laughs> when I started. I saw something on Instagram that you posted like a picture and like starting over, and I'm like, "What is she starting over?" And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, she's doing this crazy thing," and she 
like somehow screwed up day one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't plan it. And so luckily my mistake happened on the very first day and I could That's fix awesome. it just completely starting over. Yeah. But and it made me really conscious of like doing every I was like so worried about doing everything right from then on. But but yeah, so I like well I can tell so I, I um I had to swim across a river on day one because uh the tijuana river i like went to the border and then i don't remember it's pretty soon after you go down the beach from the border and it was like it seemed like i would have to go inland quite a ways to try to get around and the easiest fastest thing to do is swim so i like put everything in my space blanket put it on my head and dog paddled across (laughs) The river. <laughs> please tell, please tell me that the Uber driver was still there, like driving oh, away, and he was just like, "What the hell?" Yeah, is that going he was on? that close to the border, <laughs> but there was like, um, I think. Well, so I had to do it twice since I did the first day twice, and that was like the worst thing about just starting over. But yeah, yeah. But the first day. I like did that and I got farther and then I got like, I don't know, like maybe 25 miles that day and I was in downtown San Diego and it was getting dark and I had some friends there and they are ultra runner friends and they were like, they had dealt with um, other runners that we have mutual friends that have set world records and they were just thinking of like a world record. They weren't familiar with this whole FKT thing and the different categories of self-supported and supported and unsupported and so they were just like come you can spend the night with us and we'll come pick you up and we'll take you back to the exact same spot and like it it sort of made sense because I was thinking if I got a hotel then I'd have to pay for it but I could just stay with them and I would be free and but then um it turns out that that would put me in the supported character category because i know them can you kind of like distinguish between the three categories because i don't even know if i know the difference between okay. self-supported and unsupported like and is there like a really like quick easy like you know explanation Wait, for the three he yeah. has it on the on the pro board it's like fktproboards.com or something okay on the site there are some rules that like that's the one thing that they do set out i mean there are all these like little nuanced situations that you could nitpick and be like was it violating a rule or not but um the as far as i can tell the basic thing is like if it's unsupported then you have to carry everything on your back pretty much but if it's self-supported you can buy things along the way or if you run into like somebody along the way and they like happen to like offer you food then you can accept it um from like trail angels they call them um and then supported then you could even have like somebody like driving behind you in a van like handing you water every five miles so i figured like if i'm gonna go to the trouble of carrying everything on my back then i want to be in the self-supported category and because i wasn't planning to stay with friends a lot along yeah. the way so yeah so but you I, woke I, up and you're like oh no I just made a huge mistake yeah it was even that night and I had trouble sleeping because 
I messaged, I put something on the message board, like asking about it. And then Peter was so nice to like, he answered all my questions that I had like right away, which is so helpful. And he was like, yeah, that's definitely not going to work for if you want to be self-supported. So then uh, I was, I was like, well, I guess the only thing I can do is just start over. So I was like, okay. So then back to the river. Got another Uber to the river. The second Uber driver's calling the first one like, did you see this girl? She's swimming across the river. Was there anybody at the river like watching you? I'm trying to remember because there were two different times. And the first time, I think there was somebody that saw me like trying to get across. And then they like left. And I was like, oh, man, it would have been nice to like have somebody at least watching for my safety but yeah, and then the second yeah, that seems like a jerk time. move to just leave what? i see that seems really mean just for that person to just be like oh there's a person swimming across the river peace out yeah maybe i looked really awkward and they wanted to give leave me alone or something i don't know <laughs> but uh the 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 second time i remember there was a a person or one of no, I'm pretty yeah. The second time there was a person on a horse, and then um, they were I guess they take horses along there, and they were on the other side, and I think they watched me the whole time. They didn't like say anything, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. and it was it's not like a huge river, but it definitely was like you know if if there's an option to not swim across another river, then that would be good to not have to swim across another river. That's so cool though. That's like the perfect way to start this adventure though. Like it's That's the true. perfect way of like, Hey, you're, right. you're swimming across the river in your ultra running gear and you have a thousand some miles to go. Like yeah. good luck. That's so cool. I, I was so glad none of my electronics like fell in the river so that was good yeah so you started going like i mean the first like southern california what what's some stories that kind of came out of there um that were like really memorable um because i feel like this is from someone who's been to california twice for a couple days um but i don't know much about california but like my view of it is that southern california is pretty populated and then northern california is less less people is that right yeah definitely yeah that's okay. that's yeah because um southern california was really nice because they had like water fountains everywhere and restaurants and yeah. like I didn't even i carried like maybe like one package of nuts for like an emergency or something but you didn't have to carry food i, I had like one handheld water bottle and sometimes i had like half of it full Sometimes I had the whole thing full, but it you didn't even need to carry water. There was, like, drinking fountains. And then up in Northern California, um, there were streams, and I had a water purifier. But the food was, like, a lot more spread out. And yeah. uh, But Southern California, I mean, it was fun because I live here, and I lived in San Diego for, like, three years and Riverside for two years and would, like, go to the different beaches on trips and so it it felt really familiar but um it was funny because I posted the whole thing about the having to start over the first day and one of my hiking friends who knows about FKTs but he was just like have you ever considered FKT as like fuck it <laughs> and like <laughs> carefree sort of like yeah 
Like, like yeah, okay. That's so a cool, of, like, carefree attitude for the whole thing. Yeah, so that started started it off, and I was like, okay. And I put, like, a little hang 10 thing, like, uh, commenting on it. And then the same day or that, that I started over, I was in, like, some restaurant, and they had, like, a big hang 10 sticker. I was like, ah, oh, it's, like, a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And then, um, oh, also on the first day, it was so weird and cool. I mean, it was almost like it felt like it was meant to be that I had to start over because um, that night it was like 1030 at night and I was walking around in like a city street in in uh, San Diego, not on like a trail or anything. And this old man is like has a backpack on and is like whistling coming towards me. And I was like, are you backpacking too <laughs> on the trailer? <laughs> like whatever. And it, it turned out that um, his name's uh, Reinhold Metzger and uh, he had the unsupported fastest known time for the John Muir trail. And I think maybe some other records, but he was like, super into hiking and like this hiking legend and he was amazing and he was like we stood there talking for like an hour and woke up his neighbors but um <laughs> whoa what a weird like weird coincidence you know like what are the chances yeah it's crazy i don't know it just is kind of like and he wasn't I don't think he even knew that that was the California coastal trail that it went through there. And he was just, he was like, yeah, I'm just training. Uh, I like hiking at night. Night, The night's a good time to hike. And he had like weights in his backpack training. Wow. But yeah. That's so crazy. So the first night, like, I mean, I guess how often on this journey were you staying in hotels versus, Um, um, I don't know, like camping out or whatever? I think it was probably about every four or five days I would get a hotel on average. I okay. should be interesting to actually calculate it, but uh, it was just kind of whenever it worked out. Most of the time I would just um, camp. I didn't have a tent. I just had a bivy bag and I could just tuck in like off to the side of the road. I did try to sleep in like official campsites but sometimes it just I got super tired and I like wasn't close to anything and so I just would like sleep wherever yeah what about the first night though so you talk to this guy and then like are you still like hey I'm just going through the night tonight or so I had planned to go a lot farther well he actually kind of changed the whole thing because well, I had been injured like two weeks before the trip. I was in Iowa visiting my family and I was trying to run with the Muscatine running friends there. And I, I did like a five mile run at 10 minute pace and my leg just like hurt so bad. I had injured it before that, yeah. but I had tried to come back. And anyway, it didn't, it was two weeks later and I felt like, okay. And I knew I had to like get out the door and do it. And so I was telling Reinhold, like, I don't know how many miles I'm going to do per day. I'm just going to, or I don't know how far I'm even going to go. Um, if I'll make the FKT or not. And he was just like encouraging me to have a goal every day. And so I told him like, okay, I'll try to do 30 miles a day. So if I hadn't met him, I don't know if I would have 
completed it or completed it in the time I did because I think I averaged like around 25 and a half miles of running every day but you think you would have like tried to do like go way too hard or go way too far like towards the beginning like do you think uh, you would have overdone it maybe if you hadn't talked to yeah that could have been I mean or just not gone far enough because I think that night I was I wanted to go farther. I don't remember how many miles I was going to do because I guess to get to him, it must have been about 20 miles already. And um, so that so from to get farther, I guess, yeah, I wanted to do about 30. But um, but I didn't I wasn't going to have like a goal in mind. And um, but but he was telling me, like, take I don't remember the name of the street, but he's like, take this street to get to where you want to go. Cause he looked at the map and I was like, well, I can't take that street. Cause I had, I like navigation was half the battle trying to follow the exact route. And so I was like, no, I can't take that street cause it's not on my official route. And I tried to go on the official route. And then there was like a big gate to like private property. Yeah, and so, like, I really should have taken the route that he told me, but anyway, so He was like, are you kidding me? They, like, I'm put here as your Yoda right now. That's true, come on. (laughs) No, he really was, and I just listened to him. You're like, I gotta go my own way, Yoda. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. So, okay, so, I just, I'm curious about, like, I know you've met some like awesome people on this trip. Um, but was it intimidating? Like, was it intimidating just going out there by yourself? Uh, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess I had like, I guess it wasn't super intimidating cause I do a lot of running like at night alone. And I know other people don't like that. I do that or get scared for me or even like, you know, like the only scary experience I've had in in Riverside, this guy was like biking around me. It was kind of weird. And then he like gave me his mace and was like, I think you need this more than I do. And, uh, which I took on my trip, actually, that mace was the only thing I had, but, but yeah, it didn't, I guess being alone didn't bother me because I was training a lot alone in Riverside, but, um, yeah. And, and that night that I saw Reinhold, I, I ended up camping in, like, I think it was Sunset Beach um, alone, too, I guess. I did worry about, you know, camping in undesignated areas and and sort of a little bit about, yeah, people finding me camping alone. I felt safer when I was in, like, a camp or obviously a hotel, but... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I gotta imagine that would be one of the, the big fears. Like just running into, I, I running into weird, creepy people. But at the same time, I know the people almost made the journey for you. You know, like yeah. there's both sides of the coin there. Um, my friend, uh, I I had a buddy write some que- like a couple questions, and uh, it's, it's Brady Manriquez. He sometimes oh, yeah. on the podcast, I'll text him like, dude, I'm talking to this person. What are some questions? And then he'll word uh-huh. things way better than I ever could. So he wants to say, he wanted to know this. Um, he said, I want to know about like, 
the religious implications on her run. So by that, he means she made a point to document the different serendipitous moments, coincidences, moments of luck along the way. And I'm wondering if she had any sort of like, I don't like, I'm not like religious experience experience, but like some weird experience all alone, depending on the kindness of others uh, as a lonely traveler. I felt like, yeah, I mean, it's hard. I feel like in the podcast, I'm going to like forget some important thing that happened, but there are just so many like crazy coincidences, like meeting Reinhold. And then it was also weird with Reinhold. Like, I didn't hear from him the whole time. I gave him my email address and I sent him a link to my spot. Didn't hear anything and then came home. It took me like two weeks to finish my write-up of the blog. And then like five minutes after I finish typing like the rough draft um, that's online right now, um, I checked my email and there's an email from Reinhold. And he was like, how did you do on your trip? It was so weird. <laughs> he said he was wow. like on vacation. Yeah. In Europe. And um, he's just, he is just so inspiring. And then he was saying, you know, that uh, we crazy. Oh, and then I emailed him later and I was like, it was so weird. You emailed me right after like five minutes after I finished it. And he said like, he had some great quotes about um, how like, other hikers had been criticized for not like stopping to appreciate the beauty and like running through to get an FKT and how, um, how there's something to be said for pushing your body to the limit and striving for something. And, but he said, we crazy ones understand each other. And that's why (laughs) he said, why he happened to email me at like two in the morning when I finished my it's the Yoda, dude. It's the Yoda factor. That's all. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. But but there are just so many things like that. Like there, there was one time when um, I don't know how I lost my jacket. Like, I mean, the night before that, I had stayed at a hotel and there just happened to be like this free bottle of wine in the hotel and so I had like two glasses and I fell asleep with the lights on because I was so exhausted. And so I don't know if it was because of that that I like forgot my jacket or it was like then the next day I was hiking and the wind, I don't know like miles per hour what it was, but it was like the strongest wind I've ever encountered. And I had the coat under like a bungee cord in my bag and I thought it was also hooked like um, either with a clip or a safety pin, but anyway, it might have blown away. But I, I had had it like um, up until that point, and nothing it didn't anyway seem to like come undone. But um, I went; it started getting really cold, and I went uh, to put on my jacket, and it just wasn't there. And um, so I was like, well, I guess, and it was getting really late at night. So I started, I was like, well, I guess I'll just keep going. So I got to the end of this like five mile trail and then there were two people there and they're like, you look cold. Like, well, I told them about what I was doing and, um, I don't think I said that I had lost my jacket, but they're just like, huh, it's kind of funny. It's really cold out and you're wearing 
a t-shirt and like (laughs) and and then they offered me their hat and their jacket and because they they were going camping and had a bunch of stuff and so yeah that's I mean I gotta imagine like when you go up to strangers and you tell them what you're doing I mean it's just the idea of like someone going out pushing their limits challenging themselves trying to do something so almost unfathomable like that just makes people get on your side right away you know like any if like 99 percent of people are going to fully support and help you along the way with that um just knowing that you're chasing this really cool goal um it's the part of like you know being inspired by somebody Mm -hmm. um and you put it really well because, like, yeah, I did feel like exactly what you said. Like, there were, like, everybody, as soon as they heard about what I was doing, they're just like, oh, can we give you some food? Can, like, I, people offered me a place to stay. Like, um, a lot of times I didn't have to pay for things. They Like, the people that own the restaurant would just be like, oh, it's free. Or even one time this guy didn't even, I didn't even tell him anything about what I was doing he was behind me in line and this has never happened to me before but he was just like offered to pay for everything that I was gonna buy at the store it was so weird that's so cool yeah yeah I mean it's just it it's that's inspiring to me and that probably that's why I think that's the question like we're trying to get at there is like the kindness of strangers like that has to be very powerful and did that kind of propel you at any point was there any point where you felt low and then you know you ran into somebody that just boosted your spirits yeah I mean the first I mean it happened I guess the most memorable one was the first day um or technically the second day but um I had um these people that I knew and um one of them like was taking his anger out on me for some reason and it was like super upsetting to me and I was feeling really down about that and then um, I met this guy with that was like the first I guess encounter with um, a person on the trail yeah and um, I told him about what I was doing and he was just like oh my gosh it's so amazing can I take my picture with you and he was with his little daughter and they Aww. lived in, in Mexico, but they were visiting San Diego and it was just like, wow, that was like, he, I was honored that he wanted to do that and he was super nice. And then yeah. that's so yeah. cool. That's almost about to make me cry. Cause I'm just thinking <laughs> about like my own daughters and the fact that like, I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but there's like more male like athletics and like outdoorsmen and stuff, you know, and to see this like strong, badass female approaching you on the trail and then hearing about what she's doing and then just like being able to take a picture and then later showing that to your daughter, like, remember when we met this girl? Like, how cool is that? And then maybe she becomes inspired to go after her own, you know go after her own badass goal. It's just, I don't know, man, that's just, it's really inspiring. And I think about that quite a bit as a dad, like I want my kids to have these positive role models in their lives. And 
like it's just so cool seeing people actually going out and being those role models mm-hmm. yeah so super cool yeah. I won't cry if you don't cry. So okay, <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. Like that was early on in your trip, or was that later? That was the very first. I think. Well, the it was the was it the um yeah the, it was technically the second day, but the first day. If it was the first day, he was probably just like, "That's the crazy lady that was swimming in the water." <laughs> we gotta get oh, a picture no, with her. It was, it was weird. The <laughs> I guess that was the first day too, but there was somebody that I made it to like somewhere in San Diego. Oh, it was okay. It was the next morning after I camped at sunset beach. And then I went um, and had breakfast someplace before the eclipse started that day. And um, this woman came up to me and was like, were you at the border yesterday? I saw you with your Uber driver. <laughs> she didn't see me coming across the river, but that's she good. saw that's me good. with the Uber driver. Maybe she was just being nice and she's like, I'll just tell her I saw her with the Uber driver and not just drenched in water. Um, yeah, exactly. That's so it cool. Was, luckily it was warm out. But, and did you yeah. experience this like kindness of strangers the whole entire way, like throughout the whole entire journey? <laughs> It just, and then at the very end too, there was, um, I mean, there's like so many people and it'd be hard to list them all. But, um, at the end of the journey, I was trying to like hurry up and get done on time. Plus my parents without double checking with me, um, booked a flight to Oregon to meet me at the end. And, um, so they that and they were only staying for a week and so it was like all this pressure to get done on time and plus I was tired and yeah. anyway, so um there's a place where you're supposed to get a boat and the company that normally does it is closed on Mondays and it happened to be a Monday. And so um I called this hotel that was like where they're supposed to drop you off or or, around there and they gave the lady there was really nice and gave me a list of people to call and I think it was like the first one that I called and the girl said um well can you like send me a picture of where you want us to pick you up and then we'll text you back later and tell you if uh we'll be able to pick you up at that location or not and I was like okay I mean I didn't I had terrible cell phone reception so I wasn't counting on ever hearing back from her again and I went down my list and I thought for sure I'd find somebody to take me in a boat and there was nobody and I mean part of the problem was I was running and I didn't know what time I'd get there and I might get there at night and then nobody wanted to take me at night so I so I just after like an hour or two of trying I gave up because I was like I gotta get on the road so I got to um, like two miles from the river and I hadn't um, had good cell phone reception the whole way and then all of a sudden like two miles from the river my phone has cell phone reception and a text comes in from the girl and she was like what time do you want us to pick you up? Wow. (laughs) So weird. That's awesome. So I was like, well, um, in like half an hour, but if it's too late, I totally understand. And then she was like, no, my fiance and I can come and get you 
just uh, meet us there in half an hour. That's so cool. It was so crazy. And then, yeah, and then she, they they run, it's called the Gold River Lodge, and they run, um, it has, like, rooms, and so they still had this little cabin that was free that night, and they were like, if you want to, you could stay there, too, and that worked out really well, because that night, I think it got down to, like, 36 degrees, and all I had was my bivy bag, so I would have been pretty cold. Yeah. Well, I read on your on your report too. You said you were able to book a room at three a.m. Uh, at a bed and breakfast in the middle of nowhere. Oh yeah, that they was... said you look like a fairy coming out of the mist. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, that night, um, I was pretty tired, and I originally was hoping to go farther, but I was just so tired and. Like, uh, all of a sudden, there's, like, a B&B, and it's open at 3 in the morning, because usually out there in Northern California, those little towns, stuff would close down, like, super early. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but it said, like, vacancy, and then this, like, dog came running up to me, so I was like, oh, maybe there's people, and then, then there was a person, and then it turned out, like, one of their guests was, like, playing his guitar, I guess late that night and that's why they were up or i don't know if i don't i assume they're not up till three in the morning every morning i don't know those crazy bread and bed and breakfasts who knows yeah having parties every night but <laughs> and then it turned out that that guy who was up playing his guitar like was on this motorcycle trip across the u.s and when he was young he had ridden his bike from like minnesota to canada so wow that was cool. Yeah, too. so he had his own kind of adventure he could relate to. Yeah, there were I met a lot of people like that too. That there was a guy I met who ran the ferry uh, to Balboa Island, and he spent like six years just sailing to different countries, and he had like a route around the U.S. that he would do, and then the the other his like assistant there like lives out of his car and travels and. And then this other guy that like um, the night with that I lost my coat, that couple was like, oh, like there's also a restaurant up ahead that's open really late and it's like pay whatever you feel like and you should definitely stop there. So I go there and then they surprised me and showed up there and then it was like this guy Elliot, his 72nd birthday and then they had this huge birthday party with wine and cake and like <laughs> – it turned out that he was, like, this world traveler that had spent years just, like, traveling in different countries, and it was crazy. Wow. It's kind of like the – it's just – it's surprising, honestly, for a self-supported – and maybe that speaks to the co – like, the coastal trail itself and where it's going through and that it is going in all these cool communities and beach towns and – things like that but um it's just funny that self-supported seems to transform almost in like community because you're meeting yeah. these really neat people i know and originally when i started out i was like worried that i couldn't accept like gifts or anything from anybody and i double checked with peter and he told me like no if if it's self-supported then you can accept the trail angels help so then from then on i was like okay yeah so 
Yeah, that's yeah, cool. I, I also read in your blog that when you got to San Francisco, you started to resemble a homeless person and the homeless <laughs> recognized you as part of their own. Yeah. How did that it's, feel? That's an interesting experience, I got to imagine. I think like by the end of it, personally, on this trip, I did feel more like a homeless person than an athlete, um, just with like being so dirty and sleeping in all these crazy places and um where was the craziest but, yeah. place you slept oh that's a good question i mean i was in uh big sur and slept like pretty well a couple of times i was just off to the side of the road um it did it, it worked out one time i met well this couple at night that I had seen them at a grocery store and then I was running and I just kept getting like all these, it felt like signs that I shouldn't keep going and I should like stop and sleep that night. Like the lady at the grocery store warned me that there were mountain lions and then a police officer stopped me and was like, are you okay? Why are you running in the middle of the night? And then, then this couple that I'd seen at the grocery store stopped and they were like, um, do you need anything? And I didn't, but uh, they told me about this 24 hour like farm stand where the like people would be cool and I could camp there. And so I went there and um, they hadn't told me, but there was like an art gallery in the back that was open and it was heated and it was super cold out. And um, so I camped, in there and there was even like a little mat on the floor and it was really nice and comfy so the floor wasn't hard and um I met the owners in the morning and like told them what I was doing and they were like oh no it was totally cool and I bought some of their produce and I mean that was one of the yeah <laughs> most interesting places I camped I guess but yeah. um that's really cool. I mean, so you said you weren't like really – were you comfortable just throwing out a tent anywhere? I mean, because you said you only backpacked like 10 days before. Yeah. Um, and oh. I had – yeah, I, had, I hadn't – Oh, are you just like so tired that you're just like, I, I can sleep just, forever? Exactly. I was just so exhausted after doing like between – some days I did like 40 miles a couple days, not that many days, but – and then – I think, like I said, on average, about 25 and a half miles. But uh, the homeless people, I didn't get to tell you about the homeless people. I like got off on another tangent. Yeah, so definitely tell me about uh, becoming one with the homeless people. Yes. Um, I think that when I wrote that, I was, it, I was in San Francisco, and that night um, – I had gone a really long way and uh, I was hoping to get a hotel, but nothing was open. I didn't realize like it's a big city and it, it might have even been like a Friday night and nothing was open. And so I just crashed on the beach in some of these ice plants. They're called like these succulents and it was actually really comfortable, but for like an hour and then um, got up and went to the gas station nearby when it was open. And there was another guy, a homeless guy there, and he was just like, hey, how's it going? And, like, um, he was interested in my uh, space blanket and was asking me if it, if it really worked. And, and then he was, like, telling me about his 
about being homeless and then some other his homeless friends came over and so I said hello to them and they and they were warning me like you know you gotta be careful in the city because some of the homeless aren't so nice and they're on drugs and they'll steal from you but also watch out for the police because they're on the war path right now and um so that was interesting. And then I guess before that, I had been like walking by a gas station and a homeless person just like gave me this nod like um, they like we were on the same page or they. Yeah. So um, I have the same question, though. Does do space blankets actually work? <laughs> They're so flimsy. I don't understand. I don't get space blankets. Yeah, I guess it like reflects the heat back on your body. Oh, and sense. so. But I started off with the bivy bag was just made out of that space blanket material. And that was not a good situation because I would wake up, it like makes you sweat or it keeps the moisture in. And so I'd be all sweaty, but like cold. And luckily I I found, um, I stopped at an REI in, where was it? Santa Monica and found like this breathable one and then I would layer like the breathable one inside the space blanket and it did work. It worked really well. I don't know how, how cold it got like uh, at least in the forties and I stayed warm. So nice. Nice. Well, um, I, this is, I've been waiting because I've been waiting to ask this cause I've been like, I know it happened in Northern California. So I was like, Oh, maybe it'll fit into like the story here. But I know that you had to scare away a mountain lion. <laughs> how did you scare away a mountain lion and how did that happen? And like, well, how were you feeling in the moment and all that? I fun could stuff? tell you the, the story of the whole day starting from because it was a very stressful day before I got to the mountain lion experience. Um, so like I woke up that day the night before. Well, I could go back to the night before. There's so many like cool stories that yeah. happened. But... No, go back to the night before. I okay, hear about it. I, I'll go back to the night. Like every day was interesting. But yeah. The night before, I'll go back to the night before. It was stressful because um, like I had made it. I was happy that day. I made it to Shelter Cove, which is like the halfway point of the Lost Coast Trail, which was the thing that I guess – scared me the most because it was the most isolated and um part with no like stores or anything and and a lot more elevation changed like the rest of southern california is so flat but then northern there's more hills and so i was happy to make it to shelter cove stopped at the store and bought some stuff but i still wanted to go farther that night um saw like two shooting stars that was cool and then um was trying to find where the trail started. It started on um, the beach, I guess. And I I thought I was following the signs. There was like a big sign that said trailhead this way, trailhead and bathrooms this way. So I follow it. I find the bathrooms and there's a parking lot and I'm looking and like the only thing that looks like a trail is like this metal gate um and it it was a trail going down but it didn't have like a sign or anything so I thought okay so I go down there the guidebook said I'm supposed to cross a stream there's a stream I cross it and then the trail just disappears 
there's nothing there. And I was like, this, the Lost Coast Trail is pretty well trod and this doesn't make sense. And so I spent like an hour trying to figure out like, where does it go? Cause there were like animal trails leading off and I was so upset. So I just like went back up to the, went back up to the um, street and was looking at the map again. And like, uh, I think I was even like so frustrated I was crying and like I was just like oh my gosh so I, it did look on the like on the map like there was like a place where um another place you could get to the beach so I was like well even though the sign didn't say to go that way I'll go that way and try it so I go that way and then there happened to be these two people this couple who was just like um camping out of their car that night and they were super nice and like hey how's it going and I told them about the whole thing. I was like, is there like a trail up here? And they're like, well, there's the beach. And like, it's <laughs> like, well, at That's least a I've very the California beach. answer. Like, well, no, there's the beach. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, that, that's gotta be it. And they were like, yeah, we think it's, they did say like this, we think it's the Lost Coast Trail or we were talking and, but they're like, before you go, do you want a beer? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, sure. And and then they gave me um, a Nutella and peanut butter um, tortilla wrap thing too. And so their like kindness like cheered me up a lot. And I was like, okay. And then I got to the beach, and then it 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 didn't. I didn't see a, a, another sign for the Lost Coast Trail, but um, it it did. I followed it along and um, it, it was the right way. And so that was good that that worked out. But um, it was it was really hard to see at night because it was really misty. And then my headlamp, you couldn't see very far. And, and uh, so I couldn't, it, it was stressful too because in that section of the Lost Coast, people have died because the water will come in and then you can't get off the beach and you get trapped and then the waves take you out to the ocean. So it was really stressful hiking at night, not being able to see, knowing that like I knew where it was like up ahead and I hadn't gotten there yet to the problem areas, but it was still stressful. Yeah. Um, and then my headlamp started to die. Oh. And I was like, this, what am I going to do? <laughs> so, um, so there was like a place where you could camp that was um, close by. So I, I just like ducked in there and camped um, behind these people were, were were camping there. So I went behind them and slept there. Okay, so now in the morning, the morning of the mountain lion day, I woke up there and I didn't set my alarm, but apparently I was like so exhausted that I slept later than I expected or maybe I, I had some melatonin with me that I might have taken because I wasn't tired because I thought I'd be going farther and anyway so I I woke up at like 10 30 and the the time window for making it past the next problem section was supposed to end like in half an hour and if I didn't make it past there then I and I wanted to still finish the next segment by the end of the day I would have had to have gone like I don't know, a really long way in a short amount of time 
um, and it would have been stressful. So I needed to. Is it just like because of the tides? Is that why? Like yeah. the problem section yeah. is because of the ocean. Okay. Because the you have to go when the tide is below. I think it was below three feet was safe. And I had made pictures of the tide tables on my phone. And um, there was like a low tide at 1030. And then in, the next one was at 9 p.m. Oh, and wow. so. Yeah, so I really wanted to, like, run the, like, eight miles or however much it was, like, before in, in that window. So, but I woke up and then there was this magical cliff bar that just appeared that was, like, I guess somebody left it for me right there. So that was cool That's <laughs> in cool. the morning. And then this uncle and his nephew were hiking um, past me and... I like was asking them if they knew up ahead if it was low tide and they were like, yeah, it's low. And then they like gave me a bunch more protein bars and they said they saw a human skull up ahead, which like kind of freaked me Don't out. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me there's yeah. a human. Is it like, okay, so I'm trying to imagine. So is there like cliffs? Like, are you like stuck? So if you'd make the decision to go and then the tide comes up, are you basically like, I yeah. have nowhere to go? You're stuck there wow. and then there's no to go yeah and that's people really have died because of that or I was reading after the fact that um people like just um the the tide wasn't so far up that it like swept them but it was like they had to climb around slippery rocks and then it just sort of got in their feet and they tripped and then it swept them out and then yeah and so that's intense that's really yeah, intense. and this is before and, the mountain line. <laughs> so, yeah, so just setting the stage this for crazy. how I was feeling, yeah. and it was at the end of the trip, so I was already kind of burnt out and everything, and st really stressed out about the whole tide issue. And so, um, I just like I was like running as fast as I could, and I would have I I had like there was uh, I knew the places where you could get off and um go back into the woods like where the, there's like a break in the cliffs you know where there's like yeah. a stream or something and um every time I would get there I would like stop and ask um if I saw people like to make sure that I could still keep going and um and I could and I but anyway I was running like as fast as I could and finally I got to like almost the end of the segment and the guy was this guy was like yeah you just gotta make it around this point like it we're not sure if you can make it but if you do then just go to that bluff trail and then you'll be like safe because you'll be on the bluff up uh, on top of you know the beach and I was like okay and um I got to the point and uh it it, it you know, I can't remember exactly what it looked like. It was a little scary, like climbing over the slippery rocks, but, but I made it around there and then got to the bluff trail and I was like, so relieved to have made it there. And then, um, so then that afternoon I just was like hiking slowly because, um, I had until 9 PM to get to the next problem segment. So I get to the next problem segment and then I was there too early uh, cause I tried to go and I could just see like the ocean was like hitting the, 
the wall. I couldn't go. So I just waited another hour and took a nap. And it was actually like, that was like a really nice time because I was so scared the rest of the day that I could just like The one moment of reprieve, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, um, I set my alarm and got up so I could go like as soon as it was, the tide was low enough. And so got past there and then, uh, yeah, it was misty again and I couldn't see again. And so the beach was pretty wide and if I wanted to walk on the packed sand, I couldn't really see the landscape to my right of like the, um, the bluffs or like where there might be a trail leading up like a bluff trail. And so I was just going on the packed sand for a while, but then I came to this place where you had to climb over rocks. I don't know if I missed something or if there's an easier way or a bluff trail that I missed, but it was really scary and uh, it was slippery rocks at night climbing. And the only other time in Malibu, it was like that too. And that was because um, that was like before I realized, you know, that I should read ahead a few pages in the guidebook. And it was written for somebody that's going north to south instead of south to north and I missed the part where it said that you're only supposed to go there in a negative tide so oh. yeah but this, anyway so this was it was really scary climbing over these slippery rocks and I get past that and um and then I see like this bluff trail and I was like so happy to see a trail because you're moving so slow over the rocks. It's not like running. You can't run it when they're slippery. And so I get to the the bluff trail, and I was so happy to have found that trail that I took a picture of it. And then I look up, and there's the mountain lion. (laughs) Was it looking at you? Was it, like, stalking you? Or did you just run into it, basically? I just – it was on the trail up ahead of me on – uh, a little hill off to the side and it was looking down at me and uh, my light was like reflecting its eyes and I tried like the couple I had met the night before were like they work in like the outdoor industry and they're like you gotta say like hey bear like <laughs> as you're walking like, I'm a mountain lion <laughs> exactly so it's like hey mountain lion <laughs> sat there looking at me no way and then and then i tried like playing music out of my phone and i tried like uh clapping and then my backpack had a whistle that was really loud and i like blew the whistle really loud it didn't care it just was staring at you this whole time as you're trying I i couldn't i didn't i was like I, I wanted to go ahead on the trail, but I didn't want to, I was afraid to just yeah. walk on the trail and it was right there. And, and I'm a small person. I'm like five, less than five feet tall. And I know that they like prey on children and yeah. small people. And so anyway, so I was just like, I had read about this technique for dogs in this race I was going to do last year called Vol State. That's 500 K across Tennessee where you just like yell something obscene at them, like in an angry voice 
and it's more about your tone. But if you say something obscene, then it helps you get the right tone. Helps you get into character, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I was just like, get the fuck away. (laughs) Like, really loud. Were you like, I'm going to let my anger out from the last day of stress that I've had? Yeah, I think even without thinking about it, I was just so tired and stressed out and like exhausted and frustrated with everything that was just like, just get away. Yeah. Did it run away? And then it just ran away. Wow. That's crazy. That's intense. Like the rest of the night, were you looking over your shoulder? And then I another one and other people are like it was probably the same one following you but i I see another and i just uh, i yelled at it again and then it also ran away but it was farther away and it wasn't worrying me so much i just saw like the eyes but but that that was that was scary (laughs) that sounds scary yeah i i don't even i can't even imagine do they tell you like take off your bag like look bigger i don't know like yeah i have heard that and like i tried to like after that i was like waving my arms around like trying to look bigger but yeah i remember my for it he was just like yeah. yeah well that yeah i guess i don't know if i tried that too much I might have tried it when it was there, but even afterwards, I was worried that it was following me, and I was like, "But your arms get tired after a while." And are you do you just go into like the mode of like mindless mode where you're like, "Hey, I just got to keep going forward because yeah. there's obviously a mountain lion out here, but there's nothing I can really do about it." Yes, that just was keep the, going. Yeah, exactly. That was like the whole trip was a lot of that because. It would be like, well, I'm here. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I could go back, but it's, you know, sometimes it's like the same distance back as it is forward. Yeah, and that makes so sense. I just, well, mm-hmm. I guess like let's kind of get to the, the the end of the journey. Like how amazing was the last day or were you bummed that it was over? Because I hear that from some people about through hikes, but I don't know about FKT seems so exhausting that you would just be kind of relieved. Yeah, I I feel like um like it was kind of anticlimactic for me because I was just so tired that like I was too tired to be excited. Yeah. <laughs> and, and um I I think when my parents told me that they were in Oregon waiting for me, that was almost like I was like crying cuz I was so like happy that I I had made it that far and I remember when I crossed like the Golden Gate Bridge I like almost started crying because I was like it's the Golden Gate Bridge I made it from Mexico here but then um but the last day I kind of I just wanted it to kind of be done and so I had been pretty careful up until like the last two days about not getting injured not doing too much sleeping when I was tired and then the last 48 hours, I was just like, um, after I ended up, I stayed with, I had originally planned to not stay with the couple that gave me the boat ride. I was planning to take a detour over a bridge and then get to the next city and stay there. But but actually staying with them 
allowed me to just run like that. After I got up from there, I just ran um, through the next night and then into the next, through the next day into the next morning and um, without stopping to sleep again. And um, so I was definitely, I, I felt like, <laughs> I remember I was pretty close to the border and then there's like another place where you have to climb over these scary rocks. Yeah. I was like, again like yeah. i was done with this like this is like the last test before you can get there and um but i like had my phone out with the map and the border and it was like it was cool to be like see myself like crossing through the border and i went a little extra to make sure yeah I made it but um and then my parents like we're actually there when I finished because <laughs> you're just waiting for him. <laughs> yeah, for a little bit, That's which funny. is fine. Yeah, because it was my cell phone didn't have good reception, so I kind of told him an estimate of when I would be there, and um, but that was that was okay. Then they got there like ten minutes later. And How like, weird of a feeling is that? Like you cross and you did this insane thing like probably the hardest thing you've ever done and no, like you're by yourself though at the end you know what i mean like people think about runners and you think about like the new york city marathon and there's all these people at the end yeah like cheering you on but like to do this thing that's like so much harder and so incredibly insane and you're you still get to process it by yourself at the end like it's kind of cool actually i guess you're right yeah the whole thing was a lot of being with myself too and um but it was I mean I guess it got cold I remember that <laughs> because I lost my hat along the way and in Oregon it was like cold really a lot I mean it's I kept getting north plus it kept getting more towards fall and winter and yeah. so it was like um colder and colder and once I stopped running I was like it's it's actually really cold and I don't feel like running anymore. <laughs> I feel like you just, the whole trail, you just wears Waldo'd it. Where, do you remember the book? Like he started off the book with like a backpack and like a hat and a compass and all this stuff. And then each page he would lose it. And by the end he was just like in pants and, and a shirt. <laughs> oh, I've never read that. Well, but you yeah. don't really read it necessarily. See, you're smart. And I'm like, where's Waldo? Uh, but anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I actually like went back and watched after I got home um, Forrest Gump because people would be like comparing it. I'd be like, I haven't seen that in a long time. But then there's like a seven minute segment where he runs across yep. the country. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I see so many parallels. Like Totally. I bet. That's so cool. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. He actually, uh, that race I was telling you about in the desert, um, he, f he stops running there um, in Monument Valley. Oh, is that where he stopped? Yeah. So they oh, asked for, there was an ultra there your, last year. Yeah. You did your ultra. Yeah. Whoa. Where I felt really terrible. I was just, I was standing and I was like looking at that road and I'm like, Tom Hanks was on that road. So you yeah. can run Chris. <laughs> and it actually, I read it wasn't even him running. It was like his brother was his stunt double. Really? No way. He for some even of run? It, not for, but yeah. Come on, Tom Hanks. You can <laughs> no. run. Like that's yeah. not a crazy stunt. What? <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know, but but it was 
Because, like, people in the in the movie, people are, like, interviewing them, like, are you doing this for world peace? Are you doing this for the children? And he's just like, I just felt like running. And I kind of felt like that. Like That's so cool. People kept asking me, but it was just, um, I mean, I guess I had the FKT was motivating me, but but also just running. Yeah, that's but, great. What uh? So this is kind of our wrap-up question on the show now. Um because I'm trying to evolve it just from being inspired. Cause like listening to all these conversations, like I definitely leave super inspired. Um, and I'm hoping people listen, they leave inspired as well. But like beyond that, like how do you, t- how could someone take the inspiration from what you did and apply it to their own lives and like make, make action out of inspiration? Yeah. I mean, I guess I wish that I had, done it sooner and just taken the action it definitely helped to have a deadline but um yeah i'm not good at giving advice but maybe the example of what i did will will help people yeah to do something similar and just go for it i mean because that's it that's what how how it worked i just um hold on i mean i'm the i have the personality that i like to just jump into things and uh and go for it without planning too much yeah yeah i guess is there any anything else you want to leave the like a bigfoot listeners um i guess i have my blog i need to edit it but it has a lot of the stuff that happened in stories if people um want to read that i feel like there's too much to like go into you know on the blog it's excellent like honestly i spent the last before I started talking to you, I spent for like 25 minutes reading the blog and I am like serious. I'm serious when I say this, you're a really great writer and oh. this, the opening paragraph was so good. Uh-huh. I just want to post that along with this podcast. I'm like, this is what the podcast is about. Listen, like uh-huh. it's so cool. So yeah, definitely do that. Like where can people find the blog? Uh, I think it's just Natalie uh, Larson cct.blogspot.com okay but if you put it in the the notes and i guess i as far as messages just like hopefully other people be inspired to like the guy said when he was praying for me and like um take a leap of faith and trust that things will work out because because at least yeah it it, it yeah definitely Natalie, thank you for coming on the show again. Seriously, I'm so I'm so inspired. Like I want to do something amazing now. Like I want to plan on some epic adventure. So should do it, and I hope more people do the CCT too because it's a great uh, trail that a lot of people didn't see. The coastal trail. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> she wants to go to your house, is what she said. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you can visit me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so if you're out there listening, uh, check out the California Coastal Trail. Check out Natalie's blog. Um, super cool. And we will definitely try to catch up with you in the future, I'm sure. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye. All right. That wraps up this week's summer replay. Um, like I said in the intro, I just like going back, revisiting these episodes. Uh, I'm very proud of the whole entire project, uh, but also like just continuously inspired by the people I've met along the way and the people who have come on and shared their story. Uh, I hope you're drawing inspiration from them as well. 
one thing that's funny too, like going back and listening is I get to see where I was at in that time of my life. I mean, we did this episode four years ago. Uh, so I get to see where I was at. And towards the end, I, I kind of edited one part where my four-year-old came up uh, and started, it was like 9.30 at night. So she was like overly tired and stuff. Um, but just like hearing her tiny little voice and then thinking about her now, she's an eight-year-old. She's like my buddy. We were in the backyard doing yoga the other day. Like she just joins me on it on doing awesome stuff now. Like I walked downstairs uh, a few days ago and she had like made her own breakfast and was just jamming out to the Beatles. And she's like, good morning, father. No, she didn't say father, but she's like, good morning. And I was like, dude, you're like growing up. This is wild. And then listening back to this and hearing her tiny little voice at four years old, uh, it like warms your heart or warms my heart anyways, as, as a proud dad. <laughs> uh, so it's just, yeah, that's kind of a fun part for me going back through these as well. Um, but anyways, I'm going to wrap this up. We have big adventures. We're going camping. We're going fishing. Uh, me and the eight-year-old, um, it's going to be, and a couple friends, it's going to be awesome. So yeah, we'll get back at you guys next week.